Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as impactful as a Christopher Nkunku substitution, fancy advice as unexpected as Grisha Promo's goal-scoring form and two pundits as eye-catching as Dortmund's 6-1 thrashing of Wolfsburg. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening one and all. My name is James Thurrogate. This is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 31. And as ever, my first choice partner in crime, it's the fantasy foosball god himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm I'm feeling good again, I, I have to say. I contracted Corona and uh, it was really poor form by me because the timing was abysmal. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had planned a family getaway over the Easter days and <laughs> from Thursday to Monday and uh, I was quarantined until Saturday. So I had to uh, travel alone and uh, was late to the party, literally. In, in that sense and uh, it also was my son's birthday so oh my, that could is, have went better <laughs> yeah that, I, mean, I don't mean to chuckle but you are right when you talk about terrible timing that could not have been much worse I do I feel for you greatly but I'm glad you at least got to go along for some of it I think that's that's the important part right yeah it is but yeah yeah, let's crack on, James. It was really like I was incarcerated uh, in one part of, of our house and I had two rooms to myself and a bathroom. So, Useful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it paid off. No one else in my family uh, got, contracted it. That's so, good. Uh, yeah. No, then, then you, made the, you made the necessary sacrifice and the worthy sacrifice then yeah. at that point. And, and I'm glad that you're on the up and up again now um, and there aren't any lingering effects. I think that's always a, a concern with that as well. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, I mean, we go from COVID talk to uh, not even like anything much better than that, because unfortunately, we do have to start today's episode with a bit of bad news. And I think some of you may have seen this bit of bad news coming, but it is with with very, very heavy hearts that Flo and I have to say, we're not going to be doing this show again next season. This will be our final season of Talking Foosball Fantasy. I think you've noticed maybe over at least the second half of this season that we haven't quite managed to have the consistency that we wish for as podcast producers and fantasy fans ourselves in terms of getting episodes out. And at this point, um, we both feel it's probably better to take a step back as opposed to try and push through um, when we're not quite giving you a hundred percent of what we were capable of or are capable of. Um, and this has always been a passion project for us both. So we hope you guys can understand. We hope you have enjoyed the journey that this has been. We certainly have, um, in bringing it to you. But as I say, with, with heavy hearts, I think we just need to maybe recognize that the situation isn't quite as tenable as it used to be. Yeah. Um, nothing else to, to add, James. I think you said it best. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's quite emotional because uh, I really enjoyed uh, our time together on the mic, James. But I mean, a lot of has changed. Um, it's the fifth season we, we're doing that. I was going to say your setup now compared to at the beginning is so professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's true. But that's not because of talking football, to, to be fair. But I mean, it has its benefits. But I think, I w yeah, I already was a father when we started recording, but you, you became a father. Y your career is skyrocketing. And uh, I mean, rightfully so. I'm, I'm so happy for you, James. Uh, I'm, I mean, you, yeah, I, I saw you it. commentating in the cup as well. Uh, Hamburg against Freiburg. You did the right thing. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> let uh, Freiburg go through uh, the final. That, that was gr a great form uh, by you, James. And 
I mean, I myself have started uh, being a football coach for for um, my kids and other kids as well, and I immensely enjoy it. But it's also very time consuming. So um, it's just been hard to to find a date that makes it work for both of us and for us to be prepared as you used to be f uh, for our show. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm just like. I know you announced me still as the fantasy football god, you, you but I was like, I've got this slight feeling that <laughs> I, I lost a bit of my edge uh, because of, I'm, I'm not, uh, um, yeah, crunching the numbers maybe as hard as I used to. That is it. Uh, in some aspects. So, you, uh, you did warn that that might happen this season with Werder Bremen not in the Bundesliga. I thought it might see you come back with a vengeance, but uh, Flo, you will forever be the fantasy football god in my eyes. Like there is no one yeah. else that could take that title. And I mean, on the other hand, James, I think as we started out, we were basically the only content available for fantasy football, uh, the fantasy uh, Bundesliga. But that's not the case anymore. So there are, there are people out there doing doing great stuff. We always uh, command uh, you uh, looking over uh, the fence, what other peoples are doing. And, and they, like, there's a lot, if you want to be informed, there's a lot of content out there for, for you. Uh, and, I, and I think for us, like, <laughs> our work is done. Yeah. So it almost, <laughs> it feels, <laughs> feels like it. So uh, it, it, not that it's entirely just like uh, to our merit that uh, a community has grown as it's, it's part of the game and, and being on Twitter and stuff. But it's great to see that other uh, folks doing the effort, um, putting stuff out there. And that's, makes it easier for us to say, uh, yeah, we, maybe for us it's now time to to hit the sidelines a bit. A bit a bit more, not not fully. I think that you, you will probably still hear fantasy bits and bobs from Flo and I in some respect, most likely on Twitter. I could see us every now and again, maybe next season going, hey, do you actually have time this week? Do you fancy jumping on Twitter spaces? Let's do it for old time's sake. And I have to say, we were also talking before this show of before the end of this season, doing a big Twitter spaces, not necessarily to go over the fixtures and who you should pick for the weekend, but genuinely just to hang out with you guys, the listeners, for one last time before we hang up our, our mics, so to say, when it comes to this podcast, because we have really enjoyed getting to know some of you over the years. Having regular guys writing in questions has always been a, a great pleasure of ours. And I think, yeah, I would like to believe that a, a fair few of you have enjoyed this journey from when we started to where we are now. I mean, Flo, you also, you've, you've started doing a German Communio podcast as well. You know, that was, this was kind of your, the platform Talking Fußball gave you and you've gone on to, to do big things with it as well in the, in the German fantasy sphere, which is great as well, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, I, I can't really add much to more to what we've both said. There are some great accounts out there. I mean, DNL Fantasy is one that we mention all the time. You've got the bullynews.com guys. You've got the tipster fantasy lads as well that get stuff out there the over the bar podcast do some fantasy content every week as well where they pick out a couple of games and a, pick, a couple of players and so there are resources available and flo's right that was something that we wanted to inspire when we started this show as well it wasn't to say hey we're the we're the number one fantasy source you've got to come to us all the time it really was to get this, the ball rolling and hope that there was a bit of a domino effect of more content coming out and it is so good to see that it has happened and i hope that does continue in the seasons that come but yeah for us a, a chance to take a step back but what that does mean 
is that we're going to try and end this season on a big high note uh, and with a real bang yeah. because it has been a very entertaining season once again. Uh, the fantasy world has kept us on our toes uh, and it's fair to say the last couple of weeks have as well and the last couple of weeks in the season will likely do the same. So let's crack on uh, and dive into the fixture list and we will as ever start with that Friday night game. Maybe next episode we'll just mix it up and start with the Sunday games and just see what happens. <laughs> but... I, I just want to say we're all en route to to end on a high note because again the top two yes. guys in the overall ranking are part of the Talking Football Fantasy League and I know for for sure that FBL Sinker who's in second place right now he's a regular listener now uh, probably like his advice would would have been more sound this season maybe on most of the occasion as others but. Uh, it's always like to to bounce ideas uh, back and forth, which is a good thing. So, um, and I, I know we had like in recent years, uh, there were a lot of the times the overall winner was part of the Talking Football Fantasy uh, League. And that was always like, I, I always felt great if that happened. <laughs> yeah, because if we can't win it ourselves, at least we can take a slice of the credit, right? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's part of why you do a show like this as well, though. Absolutely. And and maybe we should also point out, for, you know, for maybe one or two final times, that the TFF Pokal is still going on this season. I've been knocked out now. I had a terrible couple of weeks and yeah, I've missed, me I've missed some transfers here and there as well, which has not been a, a great look in amongst all of this. But uh, they are down to the final. 16 players and at the last update that came from our good friend Haymarket Secker on Twitter he said seven of those are outside the top 26 are in the top 10 so I mean it's a really competitive field in the end of the TFF Pokal uh, and our thanks again as we always say when we mention it to Haymarket Secker because the work he has put in over the last couple of seasons to produce that alongside what we do on the show has been great uh, if, if there's ever a regular listener he is the one um, and someone that regularly gets in touch so from the bottom of my heart thank you to him as well for doing that but yes now let's crack on with the fixture list thank you for distracting me momentarily because there were some very important points made there flow but let's talk about Wolfsburg and Mainz because this is the weekend of Der Klassiker and if it wasn't on Saturday evening between you know Bayern and Dortmund then Wolfsburg Mainz would be right up there as the second candidate Wolfsburg they've lost just six well, <laughs> yeah come on yeah, there's, there's a- as much to be played for and that's <laughs> that, uh, that fixture than it is with Bayern against I know it's still the big thing internationally, but I like, sorry, I, I don't really care about that game. No, I, I, like, I'm right there with you. It, it doesn't really matter the outcome. No. And I think like the importance of the game is not just which clubs play. It's also like, what are they playing for? And it's just like, it's literally nothing what they're playing for. Just prestige, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's I it. I know both sides will, will want to win. Well, I mean, that's it. Would would you be looking at this this as a game that you want to dive into? I mean, it's a Friday night game, which means you get the benefit of the fixtures and the the lineups yeah. before you have to make your transfers. But Wolfsburg don't exactly look like a very attractive prospect after what happened to them against Borussia Dortmund, though they weren't as bad, I don't think, as the six one yeah. scoreline suggests. And I, I, I think the expected goals of that match were like two point eight for Dortmund and two point four for Wolfsburg. So. Uh, like everything that could have gone bad for Wolfsburg did go bad. Like Castells usually is a pretty good keeper, had a bad day. That happens. Last time out, Wolfsburg beat Bielefeld handily at home. Yeah, the Yannick Gerhardt uh, Lucas Metra connection. Yes, and 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 Mainz really doesn't have anything to play for anymore. They in limbo. 
in regards to the table. And Wolfsburg, if they win, they're basically in. So they, they avoided a relegation almost for sure. So I think they have more to play for, and that's why I'm liking the Wolfsburg side more. I'm just not sure where to invest my money. Mbabu is a guy, if he's in the starting lineup, 10.3 million. Um, I think you can think about him, but that's probably it. And because of all like other options that are out there, maybe midfield, Shava Schlager, if you want to get real crazy, but no, I, I would maybe invest in Mbabu and that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Lucas Metcher kind of piques the interest. It's yeah. just so hard in that three striker role yeah. to really make a case for him. I think that's the problem. That's because the problem, yeah. He might hit big, but he's he has not shown that he can do that on a game by game basis right yeah. now. Uh, that's just my reason. They're not like, if you look in his price range, like the Cologne strikers are very interesting. We're going to talk about them. Um, yes. And um, that's why I would prefer them over uh, Lucas Mecha. And I mean, anyone that maybe held on to Aaron Martin or would anyone potentially that didn't have Aaron Martin, would that be worth, uh, you know, a, a go as an enabler if you need to? Like if he's in my squad, I don't mind because it's a Friday evening game. Then I would definitely not buy Mbabu. Yes. I would just keep uh, Aaron Martin and hope that Wolfsburg chokes at home. Which, which is but possible. I wouldn't go- you know, which is very possible. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's definitely possible, but I wouldn't buy Aaron Martin. No, not for this match day. Yeah. No. Okay. I I, I thought I would uh, ask that question. I've still got him in my squad because that's because I missed my transfers last weekend. And the less, the less we talk about that, the better. So let's move on to the 3.30 games, potentially a little bit more investable. We're not going to go through these like normal and break them down game per game. Instead, we're kind of going to bunch them all together because there are some interesting fixtures in this. You've got the Leipzig-Union rematch from midweek when Leipzig uh, got a 91st-minute winner, thanks to Emil Forsberg, to knock Union out of the cup and go and book their ticket to Berlin. You've got Frankfurt, who are gearing up for their game against Barcelona, taking on Hoffenheim at home. Freiburg coming off their big win in the Cup against Hamburg in midweek. They're at home to Gladbach. Furt against Leverkusen, which you might say is a dead rubber, but Furt have made a big habit of taking points off of European hopefuls right now. And then Köln against Bielefeld. Bielefeld have just sacked Frank Kramer. Who knows what's going to happen with them? Can Köln take advantage? Those are the questions. Flo, if I've got a question for you, though, if you could pick two defenders, two midfielders, and two strikers from these five fixtures, where would you be looking? So the defender market is the hardest one for me uh, to gauge. Um, Leipzig is almost a complete red flag. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, who knows what Dominic, uh, what Domenico Tedesco is going to uh, do? But which team is he going to field? I think Nkunku will play, but I don't feel safe enough for, like, literally anyone else. Maybe Angelino, I think, like, his chances of playing are pretty high, I guess. But who knows? So no guarantees. And for me, that's that's a stay away. I, I don't want to take steps in the dark. And, I mean, they had an emotional win against Union. I mean... What a fairy tale, uh, James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> them from the fourth division. Like, who knows what what you can do if you just like put a billion euros into a football club? Yeah. Oh, it's it's so, amazing. It's so romantic. So romantic. Hey. 
They're wonderful, <laughs> really, really wonderful. But like the players are emotional. Um, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't take like say that that's not a the proper football club. But the players still want to win trophies. They definitely celebrated their win against Union. So I'm not sure that they they are going to be as sharp as. Um, they used to be in recent weeks and Union has everything to play for now because yes. like their loophole of getting to Europe via the cup, Leipzig closed that. So if they want to play in Europe again, they have to uh, come in at least in seventh place in the league. And it's a competitive market out there. So it's a tough fixture for Leipzig. So um, it's an avoid for me. I'm not sure if you have Angelino and Nkunku as your Leipzig assets. I'd probably st stick with both. Yeah, I, w yeah, I wouldn't but panic. I like, Nkunku, like, he's not coming out of my squad. But uh, Angelino, I, I wouldn't invest in any Leipzig player this weekend just because of the uncertainty. Maybe like if Tedesco, I, I, I haven't seen his presser. If he said like player X, Y, Z, he definitely is going to start against Union. That could change the, uh, matters, but apart from that, no, no interest there. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very fair. But yes, I, I would also say don't need you don't need to panic if you've got, especially given the fact that Unkunku got rested last weekend. Yes. The odds of him then being rested in back-to-back -back Bundesliga no, games no. so slim, yeah. so slim. Yeah, um, I expect him to start. Uh, and Leipzig also like they still need the points because of the Champions League. I mean, it's looking good, but still they don't want to drop points against Union. But uh, do you see the same? If if Leipzig have red flags, do you see red flags with the likes of Freiburg and Frankfurt as well? Given the fact that yeah, uh, Frankfurt Freiburg not so much. Yeah, um, I think Freiburg is all right, and their game was on Tuesday, so uh, it wasn't that that uh, they they have a, a longer pause there. Uh, Frankfurt, I've got issues. Frankfurt-Hoffenheim is, is a game I don't like to invest in. I'm not sure. I expect that Glasner will field his strongest 11. But, for instance, I have really big concerns for everyone who has Evan Indica in their squad. Because he's suspended for the match at West Ham. Which probably means that Tuta, Hinteregger and Toure will play uh, at West Ham. Because... Indica is not available. If I were Oliver Glasner, because to read, like, he hasn't had much match practice. He had to play at Barcelona. He did that good. Like, he's definitely playing against Hoffenheim. That would be my decision. I think it would be very foolish not to play Toure if, like, what he's missing is match practice. You know you need him in midweek because Indica is suspended. But does that mean that Indica isn't playing at all in the Bundesliga? That would actually be what I would do, James. I wouldn't play Indica and I would play Tuta, Hinteregger and Toure in defense. Yeah, That would be my move, but... I'm not sure what what Glasner thinks about that. But <laughs> can you can you tell? Uh, I mean, can you tell Flo's being a youth telling coach? that, but <laughs> Indica is a popular fantasy asset. Yeah, and uh, I think you uh, everyone should be concerned. He's in my squad too. I probably can't move him because I got too many suspended uh, players, unfortunately. But if I had a, a spare transfer when I'm not going, like, what, what should I do with it? I think I would try to be maybe too smart, but uh, I would try to uh, sell Indica. I haven't seen a predicted lineup where it's not in. 
Uh, apart from the one for the Bundesliga that I did myself, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I left him out because because of my thinking, but that like that's my thinking. I don't have any inside information on that. It's just for me, it would be sensible to do that. This is what happens, ladies and gents. Flo does a bit of youth coaching, and look, he's already telling Oliver Glasner what to do with his back yeah. three. <laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah. Um, no, but that's, I, I realize also I keep saying Barcelona. Not you eat are the rabbit shit. Yeah. That's also what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, very important. Um, yeah. But yes, I realized I kept saying Barcelona there. It is, of course, Flo was right to say West Ham they're coming up against in midweek, not Barcelona. They beat them already um, handsomely, it should be said as well. But yeah, th- these are the problems I kind of have with these fixtures. Um, is that there are a few red flags in there. So if you were looking at, you know, two defenders, two midfielders, two strikers, yeah. where are you looking, Flo? Yeah, I rambled off a bit. Sorry, James. That's all right. That's all right. No, it was worth discussing. Like I have, uh, uh, like, had uh, best first choice in defense for me is Mitchell Bakker, 6.1 million playing at third. I mean, you, you, you said that uh, third, like they have a knack of stopping teams. That's correct. But they're also not scoring goals. Um, so that's a start to pick up points. And Leverkusen definitely has the tools to uh, win, especially Fierhefer, the centre-back of third, the most important player in defence. Uh, like he has taken a knock. He's questionable for that game. So I like Baka. And then I would like the guy I had the least concern with is probably Christian Günther of Freiburg, 13.4. I'm not sure what... Like Gladbach is going to do in the last games, but their season is already over. Freiburg has everything to play for. So Freiburg is at least uh, a club I like to invest on. Apart from Cologne, Cologne and Leverkusen are my favorite targets uh, on Saturday afternoon. But Cologne has no defender I want to invest in because we're not sure if Hiziboe or Schmitz uh, will play the right back spot. Hector plays left back and he's a midfielder in the game. So we don't. Um, oh, he is a midfielder in the game. I'm not mistaken there, James, aren't I? No, no, I think uh, Jonas Hector. Yes. I'm pretty confident. Oh, this is is this where we really show the fact that we're a bit out of touch with the fantasy game now. I'm pretty confident he's a like, midfielder. He would have been definitely on my radar before if he were a defender. He's I'm a pretty sure of that. 10, 10.6 million midfielder. Yeah. 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 Because he got cha- he got changed this yes. season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, so I had that in mind uh, correctly. So I, I have no Cologne defender, but I got a midfielder. That's Florian Kainz, 9.3. Like he was close to losing his place. And then like he was a reincarnation of Lionel Messi against Klapper. <laughs> like he had an outstanding game and had a brutal nutmeg before he made, uh, in the end, he, uh, it was his goal in the end. And he set it up with, with a brilliant piece of uh, dribbling. And up front, Modest is the obvious guy, but I also like Mark Oud, 10.6 million. He's involved in so many shots one of these days, like he has to score. And um, he's doing fine even without scoring. I think he can go- do great if he like gets one of these days where he maybe scores one or two goals. So Modest is totally fine. Uh, he, he's probably the safer pick, but he's also the, the guy who's in more of uh, other people's lineups and Mark Wood is uh, out of left field. With Leverkusen, we don't really have a midfielder. We have one I'll mention later, but he's a risky one. Baka I mentioned, and then up front, it's Patrick Schick. These will be my picks from the Saturday afternoon. And Schick definitely, um, he's my... 
uh, second highest rated striker on this match day. It's Lewandowski and then it's Schick for me. And then it's a Cologne striker would be number three in my mind. Yeah, this is. I mean, we talked about the fact that Foot have have made this habit of frustrating teams recently, but Leverkusen, I, I just anticipate a response from that Leipzig loss, given the fact that it did cost them third place in the table, and they now have Freiburg breathing down their necks. And I mean, those two sides, Freiburg, Leverkusen, are set to meet on the final day of the season. So, I mean, th- we can theorise away. It would be incredible tension and drama on the final day if if they were still a point apart by then. But yeah, we can we can only hope. But yeah, I I don't really have too much to add in terms of player picks from those games I think your your rationale for all of them is good and I agree with the games that I'm definitely steering clear of Frankfurt Hoffenheim I don't want to touch that game with a 10 foot pole and admittedly I wouldn't have said that at the start of last weekend necessarily but then watching Hoffenheim struggle against Furt really didn't convince me much and as I say yeah Frankfurt the concern of their performances with Europe on their mind is is just too much of a predicament so yeah they they all in for Europe. I mean, if they win, like they have three games to qualify for the Champions League for the first time. Because remember, the winner of the Europa League qualifies for the Champions League. So it's a big price there for the taking for Frankfurt. Their chance to qualify for Europe via the Bundesliga is more academical. So uh, I, I definitely think that Hoffenheim can maybe win this thing, but they don't have enough interesting assets because. Kalarabek for one is suspended and yeah, yeah. and so, and yeah, Baumgartner didn't that, quite but. you know dazzle the way. And he's also suspended. Uh, well, oh, I brought right, him yeah, in. Right. And that was that that like I I, I felt I'm I, I'm a risk taker. I want to get Baumgartner if if Hoffenheim is able to maybe score five to seven goals against Fürth, but like not even close. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Uh, no, definitely, and yeah, with the Frankfurt thing win the Europa League you don't just get into Champions League you get into pot one which would be incredible really? uh, for them yeah you get into pot one of the oh, group stage that's, draw uh, even news to me yeah that's, that's I had to double remarkable. and triple check it um, but yeah they, they would be getting into pot one if they win it which would be quite something of course Leipzig also still have that opportunity as well not that they need it quite the same way Frankfurt do but then the idea of potentially having Frankfurt and Freiburg in their next season oh that's that's I mean that's mouth-watering to any yeah. neutral German football fan out there to have those two clubs potentially doing it but let's talk about two clubs that are definitely going to be in there and a game that Flo <laughs> has already rightly pointed out is genuinely meaningless, seemingly. Apart from its wonderful marketing tagline of Der Klassiker, it is Bayern against Dortmund. It's the Saturday late game. Uh, There are nine points in it between the two. This could be the first time ever that Bayern win the title or confirm the title win in Der Klassiker or in a game against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, There will be no title giving ceremony or anything like that after the game, but expect celebrations um, if they do clinch it. And the problem here is that Dortmund have coming into this game with a heap of injury headaches as well. Um, No less than nine players, I think of which seven were first team regulars or could be argued a first team regulars that are not at Marco Rosa's disposal. You then consider the fact that Bayern have won their last six Bundesliga Classicers in a row. They haven't lost at home to Dortmund since April of 2014. In that time, if I'm not, they've scored something like 29 goals and conceded only four. It's been absolutely absurd. It's been very one-sided. The only glimmer of hope is that Erling Haaland does actually have a good record of scoring against Bayern in the Bundesliga. But Flo, how are you navigating this game in the fantasy sense? So I'm staying away from Dortmund and I'm happy to have Davis 
Kimmich slash Goretzka and uh, Lewandowski Moskwa. So no love for Dortmund at all? <laughs> Not really. I th- I think they like they can put up a fight there, I guess, because like Bayern is not looking really sharp. But I mean, they they want that title so bad now. I mean, do do you re- remember the tenth time you kissed your wife? That was definitely the best one, isn't that <laughs> what they say, James? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still have the, the pictures up my yes, wall. Yes, so it was a memorable moment, Flo. Um, yeah. Don't ask me to talk about it. That's <laughs> that's really go. the the best. So yeah. If you like do do things ten times, it's it's always it's getting better yeah, every exactly. time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the most special special time when yeah. you break double digits. You know, it's, you always look forward to it. I, I I I completely get where you're coming from, and it's a shame because on the one hand, I you know, you, you, there's a little part of me that wants to say some credit does have to go to Bayern for this era of dominance, but yeah. at the same time, it's such a bad look for the Bundesliga. It really just rubs me the, the yeah. completely wrong way. Um, yeah, I don't want to ramble on, but I, I just think the the system is just rigged in in favor, and. It's not like just that, the influence they have, like we've seen that time and time again, that referees just don't make the calls against Bayern, they do against other clubs. It's, they don't like, it's not a, uh, they don't do that objectively. It's not like they want to do it. It's just like subconsciously is, yeah, the, the rats are not flying against Bayern and like they, they don't get penalty calls against them. Like we had that game at Bielefeld. I, like really, I don't understand why. I mean, it's it's such a lopsided game anyway. Why? Like my impulse would be to support the smaller club if I were a referee. But it's yeah, for some reason it's been the other uh, way around. It's not the reason why they won ten titles in a row. But it's definitely like if you feel it's getting close and you get the calls. In the other d- direction, time and time again, it's just, I, I don't get it, uh, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a systemic, it's a systemic problem. And this coming from a Werder uh, Bremen have. fan. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think it's tough um, to turn back the time. And I mean, people are calling for investors to be that the solution, but that's definitely not a solution I would. Yeah, embrace. Uh, we've seen in, in many clubs that it's, it's not a good thing. No. We like w- the part of culture that was shown from the Bundesliga um, at Barcelona with a match against Frankfurt where like the world took notice. And that's part of the Bundesliga. And I, I don't think you can just put a price tag on um, it. I, no, that's it. It's impossible yeah. to on that. Um, that should be our. USP, if you like. So your the unique selling point of the Bundesliga always should be uh, the culture of football, the the fans and the enthusiasts, like like people traveling all over Germany every weekend. In a way, uh, I don't think is common in any other country the way it is in Germany, and uh, that should be it, and not like we can spend with the big boys uh, in Europe in regards to transfers. And, and well, I'm, I know that I'm like, I'm a football romantic. I want, I want things back the way it were in, in the sense that you didn't know who was crowned champion before the season. 
that was actually a, a good feeling. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure we, we have that. Or like some club like Leipzig comes and it's between Bayern and Leipzig. And then I, at that point, I don't even really care what, what's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As mentioned, yeah, Leipzig, the most uh, romantic football club in Germany. Yeah. Now, I, I, you're not alone in these feelings, and yeah, maybe some of the listeners listening on right now are going, "Oh, I'm hearing this for the first time." But this is very much the debate that's been going on in German football fan circles for a good couple of years now, based on Leipzig's success and progress, based on the dominance of Bayern. And and you are right; it is that side of the Bundesliga in German football that we saw with Freiburg getting to the the cup final now for the first time in club history, Frankfurt beating Barcelona. Those are the moments that show the soul of this league. And I think the soul of this league is healthier than the soul of many other leagues around Europe. But a lot of people don't focus on the soul. They want to just look at the the outward attractiveness of it all. There's lots lots of analogies that can be made, but I think that's probably the, the best way I can can look at it. And so, yeah, it is it is a shame Especially this season, I don't know. I really feel like Bayern were actually there for the taking this season if Dortmund had just managed to get their act together. But the problem is we've been saying that for almost 10 years now. If Dortmund can just get their act together. Yeah, they're getting their act together. I mean, Dortmund is sitting at 63 points. I mean, there were times you you got crowned champions with 63 points at the end of the season. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, for me, it's ridiculous. Like, uh, even in the Premier League right now, I mean, you got different teams that can get crowned champion, but it's basically, yeah, now we have to win out uh, to win it and win like 17 out of 18 games to get crowned. Like, that's not healthy. And in a league, it should always be possible um, that everyone can beat uh, anyone. And that's not the case anymore, unfortunately. And that's why we see like this big points hauls. I mean, uh, um, I, th- I think I, s- I saw a stat at one point this season, Dortmund would have been like top of the table in basically every year until the mid uh, 2000s zeros uh, with the points haul they had. And they were wow. trailing Bayern by quite some points. And it's, it, it's just, it has changed so much yeah. that, I mean, Dortmund won two-thirds of the game this season in the Bundesliga. 20 wins in 30 games. Yeah. That's not a bad haul. No, you're right, you're right. And, like, they, they drew at Cologne, and everyone was saying, well, yeah, they, they, they're choking again. Well, Cologne is a good side. It should be possible for Dortmund to, to get a draw uh, in games like that and still be crowned champion at the end. But it's not possible, because, like, Bayern is just on, on the level that they have far fewer of these games where they're just not able to win. But I think it's, it's it should be an outlier season. The results that Bayern have literally every year since nine or ten years. Like every year is almost like top best season ever achieved in the Bundesliga. But that's not what... But like we should aim to achieve that we get a champion who has the least points and gets in first place. That would be my ambition. And have like to, the, mo- to get the, there. the tightest gap between first and tenth you, you, that we've you ever know had. What? Yeah. Um, if like in three point system, Eintracht Braunschweig, if I'm, I remember correctly, would have been crowned champion in 1966 with 58 points. 58 points. Wow. That was enough to win because wow. 
everything was so close together back then. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was something that I mentioned on on comms uh, on Tuesday night because it, it really was this stark statistic that showed how different the footballing world in Germany was only 13 years ago, because 13 years ago was the last time the DFB Pokal finals didn't have either Bayern and Dortmund in it. Back then, Freiburg was still a tighter Bundesliga club, but the top three at the time, when the semi-finals of the Pokal were happening, were Wolfsburg, Hertha Berlin, and Bayern. And like, that's 13 years ago. That's not actually that long ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. It feels like a completely different era that we should be reading about in history books. But it's not yeah. actually that long ago, and and that's quite. Yeah, Bayern was playing with with players like Andreas Ottel and yeah, Christian Lell yes. and Michel Rensing. <laughs> that those were the days. James. Yeah, they were. They really were. <sighs> yeah, because they could have they could have bad mistakes every now and again, and they didn't have these necessarily world beaters throughout their squad. You know, they had you know even though Jens Jeremies you know had his role in the, you know you wouldn't well, Jens Jeremies wouldn't get anywhere near this Bayern squad anymore. I don't think uh, based on his qualities and the lack of goal scoring he brought to the table. But it, it, you know it's just one of those things. get back onto the fantasy aspect of this because we've got two games too late left to go. for that already it is it's far too late we've lost we've lost all the listeners already because let's be honest who really wants to know about Borkum against Augsburg and Hertha against Stuttgart but they are the flexible fixtures um that are important this weekend we'll start with the Borkum against Augsburg one because this again on paper it, it should really go one way Borkum have claimed 25 points at home compared to 11 away this season meanwhile Augsburg are the third worst away team in the current campaign is there anyone that really does pique your interest in this flow uh, if you need really flexibility i think iago is still like he's a good option yeah. uh, on the augsburg side and it's a bummer that suarez is questionable for that match because he would really probably be my first choice but since like we don't know if he's available i think gamboa uh, 3.5 million right back of bochum I could be talked into if I need the flexibility to to get him in for cheap because I like Bochum in this game because they have the situation if they win it, like they can celebrate not being relegated as a promoter team in front of their home crowd. Like they're not going down, that's almost for certain, but if they win it, they can like they can make sure that they safe and they can really have a not. A not relegation party. I'm not sure if that's is there a yeah. word, James. <laughs> um, survival party, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. They they can have that uh, in the stands because because Stuttgart and Hertha are facing off each other. If they win, there's mathematically no chance that they can get uh, still get relegated. So um, I think that will be a big motivation for them to show. And, and celebrate with the fans. So I, I like Bochum in, in this one, even if like Augsburg has still everything to play for, but still I, I like uh, Bochum better on this one. Yeah, I mean, I do too. I have to say, Edward, if I was looking for a gamble, Edward Leuven was the player I was going to be looking at, but he's not in any predicted lineups, which doesn't make me feel very good. Yeah, that's the problem. Like they have many options apart from like their back four. Yes. Uh, and Lozilla, and he's playing holding midfielder and it's not interesting for uh, fantasy. And like any other position is uh, debatable who's going to start there. 
Absolutely. Uh, things a little bit more clear with Hertha against Stuttgart, though, and there are a few more viable candidates in that game, even though it is a, you know, it's a relegation six pointer. It's closing out the match. They, this is not the most attractive fixture we could have had as fantasy owners. Um, of course, we've got Felix Margat going against his uh, former club where he had 147 matches as head coach between 2001 and 2004. But this is a game I don't think we can afford really to steer clear of. So who's top of your shopping list, Flo? So I think Marvin Plattenhardt, you can make an argument for 5.8 million set piece taker for Hertha. But I probably like, if I have the money to spend up for Borna Sosa, I would. Uh, 12.0 million, so uh, 12 million straight. Um, I take that. And if you need another option, Chris Fury 6.6, he's like, he's a great value option. And I think this game is up for grabs. I can see, like, it depends a bit on what is happening at Cologne. Because if Bielefeld loses to Cologne, I think we will see a very cautious game between Hertha and Stuttgart, and no one wants to lose. I'm not sure if we see as much attacking firepower by Stuttgart as we maybe are used to. Like, they haven't been scoring in, in recent games, but at least, like, they're, they're creating stuff. Not sure that it that's going to happen because uh, first order of business, I think, would be if Bielefeld loses, not to lose themselves. So, but if Bielefeld wins at Cologne, that for me would totally change the outlook of this game because both clubs will be under pressure. And when um, before the kickoff, Stuttgart would be in 17th place and and Hertha would be on the relegation playoff spot. Uh, if Bielefeld wins. So that's interesting with the different fixer times. This is coming into play now. We, we're not sure uh, how to act on it, but um, that's why I would be rather cautious to invest in this game and probably would be enough for me to have Bonner Sosa and then maybe as a second thought, uh, Chris Furich. And if I can't afford Sosa, I would be fine with Plattenhardt as well. Yeah, Plan Hut's actually come on quite strong um, in recent weeks under Felix Margat, which is uh, a development I wasn't quite expecting with this hair to pull inside, it has to be said. But no, some very good options that you've labelled there. And I mean, Borna Sosa, he's high on my shopping list of defenders this weekend, I'm not going to lie. Um, and actually, that's the perfect segue into our player picks because... I'll do it a bit differently and I'll get the ball rolling because he's my Vegas choice, actually, Borna Sosa, simply because I think, yeah, the defender market's a tricky one right now. And that, again, I point out that game isn't the most attractive in terms of it being in the last slot. That's why I feel like Borna Sosa has to be seen as a bit of a Vegas choice because you are taking a risk bringing him into your squad off the bench as that final game, depending on what's happened in other ones. So uh, he's my pick. I'll throw him out there. Flo, in terms of Vegas choice, who are you looking at, though? I'm going with the Leverkusen player I didn't mention before, and that's Ezekiel Palacios. Seven million is his price tag. Played as a number 10 against Leipzig. I think he did a pretty good job, actually. And I think he has a good chance of starting. He's not in kicker's predicted lineup. He's in mine, though. So I put him in. So on the, <laughs> at least on the German Bundesliga side, he's in the starting lineup. Well, that's my doing. But I expect him to start. And then he would be like, if we knew he'd start, he would close to be by number one pick just because of my reasoning. Leverkusen could be hungry. And who knows, like, if 
third being sound in defense was a fluke or not. They have some issues. Um, Meyerhofer is suspended, I think, uh, the right back of them. So, yeah, definitely, definitely possible that Leverkusen gets a great result. And Palacios is, uh, he's not owned at all. So, uh, even though I'm not sure that he's going to start, I'm interested uh, investing in him because I just think you can make up so much ground if you take the risk. But the risk is there. I mean, Kicker probably is better informed what's going on at Leverkusen. I, I just find it curious that he should be dropped after being one of the better players against Leipzig. I'm, I'm not seeing that necessarily. Yeah, and I mean, he's certainly a player that's got a bit about his game as well. Um, I think we can we can see that for certain. Um, so yeah, I, I actually like that as a as a Vegas choice. It fits the bill perfectly. How about your super Schnäppchen then? How are you saving some money? Yeah, I'm 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 staying at Leverkusen. I'm going with Mitchell Baka, six point one million. He's definitely boomer bust, but we've seen him being involved in goals and shots. And this is the story I'm telling of this game: Leverkusen being able to create a lot of chances, a lot of shots, and hopefully also a lot of goals. And then Baka could be a, a really uh, inspiring pick. Yeah, no. And getting a clean sheet on top of that would be like the gravy. It really, yes, it really would. No, I, I really like, I like that pick more than I like my own pick. And I mean, the main reason is because the minute I was thinking about a super Schnäppchen today, I went straight to the Bochum side. I thought, yeah, Bochum at home to Augsburg, bit of flexibility, great choices. Then I found out Takuma Asano was a striker, <laughs> not a midfielder. And then I found out that Edward Lurven wasn't available in any predicted lineups. And that's the only reason I haven't chosen those two. So I fell back at an old favourite. Flo said, you know, he wouldn't recommend necessarily bringing him into your squad this weekend. But Aaron Martin, Friday night against Wolfsburg. I think there are uh, there are riskier options out there, and that could be a safe one if you want to go for it. And he does save you a few pennies, uh, you know, costing yeah. you under four million. So, yeah, I, I don't hate it. So, yeah. I probably at the end of the day, if I don't need the flexibility, and he's he's around the same price as uh, Gamboa is, I probably would also go with Aaron because he's like he's much more likely to get attacking returns for you than Gamboa is. And and that's certainly something that plays in his favour. Set pieces, uh, the crosses he takes and all of that is certainly certainly good. In terms of banker then, who are you putting your money on for this weekend? I'm I'm like, I throw a uh, stick in my neck out. Throw, I'm not throwing my neck out, James. I'm not doing that. I was <laughs> that close to saying that, but yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds unhealthy. <laughs> I'm going with Mark Wood. I know it's, it's a bit risky because of new... Uh, coach at Bielefeld, um, and we went over the time we wanted to do, James. I'm sorry, it's I, I've got the feeling it's it's uh, <laughs> mainly because of myself. But <laughs> and now that we already over, I, I I feel I can share a bit of my thoughts uh, about Bielefeld because that's about the most strange. Coach sacking I've seen in recent years. I'm not sure what, like, something must have happened in midweek. Because they they played their match on Sunday and they sacked Kramer on Wednesday. That's, like, that's really strange. Usually if you want to, to make a change, you do that on Monday. Because you get in a new coach on this, like in this case, it's it's a goalkeeping coach uh, who takes over and uh, Henke is back 
probably um, many guys of you know him as as a co of Otmar Hitzfeld. Uh, he, he's also there as an assistant coach. But the timing, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't get it at all. What happened there? So mm, I'm I'm not sure that how how healthy uh, this squad is in terms of their mental stability. And it will be like Cologne won the derby. Like the house will be brimming. I mean, everyone saw what uh, 30,000 enthusiast Eintracht fans could do in Barcelona. And that's what's going to happen at Cologne. It, it, it will be like the, the city is aching for going back to Europe and, and having these memories they created. Also, if you remember at London, there were similar scenes to what we've seen uh, at Barcelona. Uh, with Frankfurt, uh, we saw that with Cologne, and I just feel that I, I like Cologne getting the win there, and uh, Mark Ud playing a, a big part in it, and also being differential. Uh, it's also great. I, right now, I want to get him into my squad, and I hope I don't chicken out and and go <laughs> with uh, Modest in the end. Taking the safer route, but well, why? Why should you? You've got three games left this season. You can risk it all. You know, yeah. if you were in the top hundred, I'd say yeah, be a bit, a bit, a bit. But you know, the, the bit problem careful, is, but... if I bring in Wood, I can't bring in Patrick Schick. So ah, it's... okay, that's a problem because yes, Patrick Schick is my bank. I've I've got a Kadarabic and Baumgartner both are suspended in my squad. So there you go. Well. Just one transfer up front. Yeah, that's it. And I've some. Yeah, I've got Kevin Trapp out myself injured. Um, so somehow I've ended up with one goalkeeper again, despite doing my best to try and ensure that I had two to the end of the season. Absolutely absurd. But yes, Patrick Schick is my banker choice. A little bit more obvious uh, than the Mark Oud pick, but I, I respect the Mark Oud pick a lot more than my own Patrick Schick pick, which just seems like a quick one done off the cuff. <laughs> You're really generous <laughs> I today. Jess. I am. This is what's going to happen to the end of the season. You, you said the fact that we went over our time. If there was one thing. If we could tell the story of this podcast yeah. is the fact that without fail, we always go over the time that we talk about going to. Um, yeah. And that's just the way it happens. And we wouldn't have it any other way because it means that we have these kind of ad lib conversations about their classica and how meaningless it is. And it means that you guys get to know us a little bit better. And that was ultimately part of this show as well. But we will leave it there, ladies and gents, for this episode. Flo, have you got anything left to say? Nah. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> we will leave it there. Um, and yeah, uh, it's been it's been a fun one. Sorry about the bad news at the top of the show, but we thought it was better to be transparent with you now. Yeah. Instead of try and pretend like we're going to keep this going uh, next season until the end of this season. Yeah. And it's not our last episode, so we'd, no, yeah. we'd like we we. We're looking to to finish strong. That is exactly it. Um, we will we will definitely be finishing on a high note, um, and we'll hopefully next week have a few more concrete plans as to when that Twitter space may happen before the end of the season, because that is something that we really, Flo and I, definitely want to do. But for now, thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on social media, and if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host James Sorrow, Good Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Dehern. Alfie Dehern.